This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Hall from 670 The Score and the Mully and Haw Show. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune at Hallis Hall. This is a special edition of the Take the North podcast because it is your QB1 interview. Dan Weeder on ChicagoTribune.com has an exclusive one-on-one sit-down with Justin Fields, the Bears starting quarterback, heading into year three. We have labeled it the No Excuses Tour you got a chance to sit down with him, Dan. How did that go, and, and how would you describe just the overall uh, experience of it? Because this is kind of something you look forward to when you cover the team to get these kind of opportunities. Yeah, well, thanks for saying that because I walked out of Hell's Hall on Wednesday evening after I sat down with Justin, and I, I, I kind of uh, remembered something that Josh McCown said when he was uh, playing here for the Bears and talked about just kind of the – adrenaline rush he would get every time he used his key card at 1920 football drive to walk through the door and he'd say don't let familiarity rob you of your joy we can do this so often and and so much and and get caught in rhythms and routines and boredom and whatever else and tediousness that you forget how special sometimes the opportunities you have are. And so to sit down with Justin uh, on the eve of the 2023 season to uh, pick his brain on all things about his own development, about the offense, about where he sees this team going, uh, you, you know, you remind yourself there's a lot of people uh, in our audience around Chicagoland in general that would love that opportunity to have 15 minutes with QB1 to, to get his thoughts on things. And so it was cool. You know, you, you just I had a little bit of that that heart pumping adrenaline when I left yeah. the building and, and, you know, that's, that's fun. You yeah. know, <laughs> it, it's one of the privileges of covering the team. I mean, really, because I, it, it takes me back to hear you talk about that because this is kind of a tradition. The people that cover the team on a regular basis are out there all the time. This is kind of, if not the reward, this is, this is smart in terms of a PR approach to let the, let the, the main people get to know and have these moments uh, one-on-one. It takes me back to, this goes back when I first started. I, I remember my first one with Cordell Stewart, the first year that I covered the Bears. He was the QB1, and Cordell Stewart had to sit down. The Rex Grossman, to the first time with Jay Cutler, <laughs> was in a in the walkway of Hallis Hall, the hallway, and he was flipping a water bottle dismissively. And then the last one-on-one with Jay Cutler that I had when he basically 
Opened uh, up to you, right? He opened up like he was. He told me that they were getting him and Christian Cavallari were getting marriage counseling and all kinds of things. So they take on different shapes, but you feel like you learn something about the the person as much as the player. And let's face it, I don't know in Chicago if there's any player that fans, sports fans, Bears fans have more curiosity about than Justin Fields. Curiosity, excitement, uh, doubt, optimism, it's all blended together in one big pot. And like I said, we're, you know, we're all looking forward to crossing this bridge from week zero into week one, and then seeing what that Sunday of week one has to offer, because it's going to be a, a really fun day at Soldier Field to watch Bears, Packers, Justin Fields under center and, and see where, where this all starts out. I told you uh, on the phone on, on Wednesday evening, we did this a year ago, Justin and I sat down for an extended sit down and it went pretty well. And it was uh great evidence for for the rest of the world out there that hey yeah justin's still cool talking with me even though uh twitter has a different impersonation or impression of of where we're at but my son a couple months ago was just down some youtube rabbit hole and and stumbled upon the dan weeder justin fields one-on-one from 2022 he goes wait dad you talked to justin fields and i'm like yeah like that's part that's part of the gig and it was like nine months later he was he was enamored with the idea of of the job I guess we don't have to worry about you taking the job home with you then. <laughs> no, he's getting a little bit more sophisticated yeah, in his knowledge. That's good. That's look, good so one. it was good to run this back. You know, it's good to talk. To, I hope I hope that, you know, we're able to do it in 2024 as well. You know, and, and, and that, that Justin is still around for it. Um, you know, I'll give you this before we get into to, to kind of going through bits and pieces of the interview with Justin. But uh, the NFL launched its uh, campaign for the 2023 season recently. And it's the you can't make this up campaign, which is pretty cool kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek play off some of the memes and things that came out on social media a year ago where people were accusing the league of of being scripted and oh my god they, it's like wwe they make this stuff up and so it's a, a group of, of nfl stars and uh you, you know just talking about the, the scripted nature of this and i use that kind of as an entry point with justin who in those videos uh suggested to the script writers on the commercial that the, the nfl should ban quarterback sacks and that they should consider placing his replacing his legs with actual wheels. Uh, so that's where our conversation with Justin started. And then we, uh, we also dug into uh, some thoughts on his new favorite target, one DJ Moore. Here's the, uh, the start of our conversation with Justin Fields. I know an opportunity recently to uh, meet with the NFL script writers. Mm-hmm. Did they take your, uh, your advice on eliminating quarterback sacks? Uh, no, they did. I don't. Yeah. I mean, everything in that little commercial thing was, was uh, already kind of, written for it, so it's like, <laughs> felt like it was kind of like low-key throwing my O-line, uh, O-lineman under the bus a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a cool experience, so it was like a real Hollywood set and everything, so it was, it was, it was cool. Thoughts on uh, getting your legs replaced with wheels also? Yeah, uh, I mean, nah, I'm good, I'm good on that one too. So. Obviously, we go into the season with a lot of curiosity on where this script is going to take us mm-hmm. when, when you think about realistic goals for the way that this offense can advance what, what, what do you see happening in 2023 for this group yeah um yeah i think we improved in a lot of areas of course o-line with nate and um darnell uh i just think you know uh the bj uh, my receiver i think you know more supposed to pass plays and um you know just just like more explosive plays, to be honest. So more points up on the board, and um, 
then of course that's what we want to see. But I, I do think it's, it's realistic that we can do that, especially once we get things clicking. But um, yeah, um, you know, you got Chase, you got Mooney, so we got you know three legitimate receivers yeah. that can you know uh, make things happen. So um, definitely that, and you know, once everything is clicking, then just the offense that produces points. So that's what you want to do at the end of the day. Is just put as many points as you can up on the board. So We've talked all spring and summer about DJ, obviously the instant click with you and the way it worked out. What, in your mind, makes him so special as a receiver? And on top of that, what makes him click with this system? Yeah, I mean, he's smart. Um, that's the one. And to be honest, the way he can you know, track the football when it's in the air. And, like, he just he's good with using his body to where he'll have either light hands or... He's getting sh- shooting corners, like using his body, and then um, you know every play he's trying to score. That's the mindset he has. Like you saw it in, in the last game yeah. when I catch. Like I didn't even know he was still going after that. After that, boom! I'm thinking he's still tackled, and I just look up and he's. I just see him running. So just that mindset that he has that he's trying to score every play. So um, you know it's going to be good for us, and just trying to get more yards and. You know, down the field close to the end zone. So. How, how invigorating and calming is it to have a guy you can throw you complete two balls to him in the preseason there for 100 yards? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes my job easy, so, I mean, yeah, but it's really no surprise when, when you see him do what he does in practice. So, uh, you know, even today he made it crazy two catches back-to-back. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's awesome to have a guy like that. You said in the spring that he has easy body language for a quarterback to read. Defensive backs say it's hard for them to read it because they're so late and difficult yeah. to tell when the ball's coming. Mm-hmm. How do you describe, and is there a specific example you can give on, from your eyes, how you can k- kind of have that, that natural click with him in that regard? Yeah. Um, so, like, even today, like, on a corner route, he just used a double up at the top. And, of course, I know what route he's right. So when he gives me, like, a certain stick at the top of a route, it's kind of telling me, like, when to let that ball go. Um, but I think it's hard for DB because, you know, some receivers, when they change direction, they either – they – usually rise up. Yeah. So that tells the D B that he's slowing down that he's about to, you know, change direction. But DJ most of the time stays at the same level so it's kinda of hard and then he's a good uh, like he tempos his speed like within routes. So like on a go ball for example, he won't be running full speed. He'll yeah. be running like probably ninety percent and then he has another gear that he can kick it through. So just like little finesse stuff like that that you know, that he just it's now it's, it's it's natural with him. Like the first time I ever threw with him, like I mean I couldn't really read him because I didn't know he was not running full speed, and then he just kicked into a second gear. So just I would say tempo with the speed um, within routes. I think that's what kind of makes him savvy, and then you know just just smart his understanding of coverage and stuff like that. Also does it too. Good stuff. I, I think the one thing that stands out to me in terms of what he says about DJ Moore are, are kind of simple things, but makes my job easy, which is going to be the story of the season Yeah, in my mind for Justin Fields in this passing game. And then the word that probably tells you why that's going to be the case in my mind is the word savvy. I think DJ Moore has this sense about him, the instincts and the route running and just knowing where to go to find the opening and not necessarily being the guy who is the fastest or most, most explosive, but he has a knack for catching the ball and making bad throws into good plays and turning into a running back at wide receiver 
And that's, yeah, God-given skill and ability, but I think it's also a degree of savvy that Justin Fields accurately describes. Yeah, and that savvy helps you to create separation, and then that strength helps you to create big plays when everybody else thinks the play's over and you keep going. I mean, to hear Justin say, look, like, I threw three passes to DJ in the preseason, two of them are complete, you know, 100 yards and 90 of them after the catch. You, you, you got a guy now that does make your job easy, and that's going to be what this is all about is, is you know, not having life be so difficult for Justin Fields that that the, the the success they do have doesn't have to come with a high degree of difficulty like it did so many times in 2022. That's going to be propelled by DJ Moore. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's going to be propelled by the offense coordinator, Luke Getze, who's going to have the uh, job now of kind of blending things together with Justin and getting on the same page to set him up for success. And so we went onward there. I, you have any more comments on DJ or you want to he- hear a little no, bit? No, I, I want to hear about Getze because I think that rapport and that connection in year two is where you're going to see as much growth because it's not just about the scheme anymore. That's going to be a big part of it. You have the skill. Now you've got to marry that with the scheme and see the growth between play caller and quarterback. There's an established relationship between the two, and now there's an ability to dive deeper than they were able to dive a year ago in the offense and with their conversations about where things are going to go. Uh, here's more of me and Justin Fields talking about Luke Getze and also some of the things leadership-wise that Justin will need to bring to the table in 2023. In your relationship with Luke, he's talked a lot about how much more advanced the conversations can be now because of your understanding of the offense, how far the offense has come. What have you come to appreciate in year two about the way you guys can kind of collaborate on where you want this thing to go and and put this together? Yeah, um, I mean, like you said, just me understanding the offense and kind of giving me the reins. Uh, I think Mooney said something the other day about just me being able to control, like, too many drills in practice. Like, he was just have it be on me. So it was just call the first play and then we're on the ball he'll just leave it up to me. I'm okay, I don't want to call and stuff like that. And then like even before a drive, I know last game he was just asking me what pass plays I like, boom, what I want to run. I told him just play this play, this play. And he, you know, ran all of them. So um, just that trust between each other. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for him 
him. It's just, you know, trust between each other and him knowing that I'm going to uh, take care of the ball, make a good decision, and, you know, not, not hurt the team. So, um, yeah, but um, definitely have a better understanding of the offense. So that just allows us to, you know, have those new conversations and have those more in-depth conversations on, you know, what we're going to talk about and stuff like that. One of the things he said in a, a team meeting, and he's kind of expressed it on the side as well, is that this is obviously going to be a roller coaster. You've ridden it. Everybody's ridden it, the whole thing. And that collectively as a group, you guys kind of have to, to ride that roller coaster with the, the attitude of we got this shit. You yeah. know, and that, those are his words. Like, you know, let's just have it. As a guy who's kind of in control of that, how do you see that responsibility of, of just being able to create that comfort command and confidence amongst the group? Yeah, I think just show that, you know, no matter how it's going, no matter if it's good or bad, just, you know, uh, be the leader uh, for the guys and kind of. You know, every everybody's gonna be looking my way, no matter if it's going good or bad. So, uh, just being the leader uh, vocally with my body language and just you know, just being calm, cool, calm, collective on the field, and um, just being there for everybody, uh, continuously picking up everybody if you know something's not going away or stuff like that. So, I think that's you know where I where I come in. You said something in camp about having. Uh, it's more natural in a game setting for that juice to come outward out of you. It's always in there, but it comes out more. How, how do you describe this kind of the difference that game day brings it out of you? And we've seen it, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd say it's kind of just been playing with it, to be honest. I've tried to kind of let other guys try to be those juice guys to where I'm, I am the cool comic collection for me and uh, Robert certainly talked about this and he, he told me that I didn't really need to be the juice guy on the offense. I think they'd be you know, locked in, of course, because I have to you know, be locked in this week and kind of know what everybody's doing, get everybody on the same page but um, really just uh, just making sure everybody's on the P's and Q's when it comes to running plays and um, just making sure we're on the same page and if Somebody's not picking it up, and it's you know, my job to get on them and uh, make sure that they, they pick up the tempo. So, um, you know, I think it's just situa- situationally, you know, you pick and choose where you want to be that guy. And, you know, like I said earlier, you don't always have to be the juice guy. You don't always yeah. have to be getting everybody up, rowdy, rowdy, and stuff like that. So. I had to listen to that like three times there, David. He said, you don't always have to be Rowdy Roddy. Was that a uh, 1980s wrestling reference to Rowdy Roddy Piper? It might have been. There might have been a wrestling reference in there. I think it's good awareness, though. He's right. I think the, the quarterbacks who are always that guy, the rah-rah guy, they tend to uh, – I think their teammates tend to tune them out because they're always saying that. What makes those kind of outbursts or those kind of – expressions so valuable is that they don't come that often so you know when he does show that sign of emotion that it means something and maybe it does get people a little more revved up you don't want them to tune you out and and i also don't think you want your quarterback you want you want them to find the balance between competitive competitive and combustible and no doubt I, I i think that he's finding that and i think that his nature and his demeanor tends to be more stoic anyway it seems like that's his brand of leadership and it's working so whatever's worked for him you want him to be himself 
right. and just continue to be that guy. It needs to be genuine. You don't want to manufacture anything. I would say also we've seen it on game days where he gets excited. You think back to the, the, the run that he almost scored on against the Eagles last year where he stepped out of bounds, spun back, and you think about the run as a rookie when he scored against the 49ers on that highlight reel run. You think about him slip and sliding through the end zone after beating the 49ers in the opener last year. Like Those were organic, natural, sincere expressions of – of excitement and energy and juice, you know, and so it's there and they come out when, when he feels like they need to come out. And I think he has a, a good command of what is needed from him as a leader. And obviously look like the whole energy of everyone goes to new levels. If you score 30 points, we saw that for four weeks last year when they got on that run and they were scoring, they were scoring, they were scoring that juice is there. You know, when you're scoring 13, 16, 17, it's harder to get that juice going and so yeah i think there's a balance here and i think he's got a pretty firm command of what that needs to be in his third season and i think there's definitely a lot of energy devoted to evaluating how well he's doing at that job at his job all the time whether it's social media whether it's in the bar room or your living room everywhere dan there seems to be an expert on justin fields everywhere there seems to be growing numbers of quarterback uh evaluators guys who there's a cottage industry for it and i think that's what i felt found this last block we're going to discuss very interesting as you broach that topic with justin yeah so little little uh note for our audience the entirety of my interview with with justin can be found at chicagotribune.com um there, there is much more than we're going to be playing here. We talked a little bit about the championship mindset that Ryan Poles has encouraged his team to put forth and, and some other things as it relates to the 2023 season. But the finishing block, as you referenced there, you, you know, we're, we're in this world now where, where every single snap of every single NFL game somewhere, somehow on social media is drawing eyeballs and it's drawing criticism and it's drawing uh, in-depth analysis from people who are supremely qualified to do it and those who might not be so supremely <laughs> qualified and it's got to be a weird existence because it's, it's not a new phenomenon right like right. but but it's new in the sense that it's also public now and it's also out there uh so that's where this next block starts with justin and then at the end we had a chance to talk to him about uh at which what at the time was a little bit of an evolving situation with their backup quarterbacks role but you'll hear a little bit more from him on that as well world now where Quarterback play has been analyzed for centuries. People do it, but it's now so public. And, and everybody, amateur analysts, pro analysts, they're all taking every snap and, and kind of doing it. Well, what do you make of how hyper-scrutinized literally every snap you take is in the public form? Um, I don't look at it. To be honest, I deleted Twitter. I don't have Twitter. So, like, all the trade stuff, that, all the trade stuff, like, Moon talking to me the other day, like, him hearing those talk. I didn't know any of it until he told me. So, I'm surprised sitting there and stuff like that. So, um, it's just best not to look at that stuff because I honestly feel like there's people in this world that they just want to hate on you or they want to criticize every little thing you do this and that well he could have done this better yeah it was a touchdown but like it was so it's just like it's best to not even look at that stuff to be honest with you. along those lines when you want to get yourself a really honest critical assessment of where you are as a quarterback who are the people you go to that you lean on um i say the people in the building because you know they know you know what it's supposed to look like they um, know the conversations that go into the room with the reads and stuff like that. And myself, to be honest, I know what I could do better. I know, uh, like, I guess I just have an expectation for myself that 
you know, I have to do everything. I know, I guess, what my ceiling is or yeah. how good I can be. So I'm, I'm really hard on myself in, in terms of that stuff. And I know when I could be better on a day uh, that I might not have a, that I might have not had a good day of practice or a game or something like that. So uh, just myself. And um, yeah, the, the and the very last thing, the backup quarterback job is being talked a lot about here now because of what Tyson's done in the preseason and where it will go. And we don't know what else is going to be added to that room. But what did you learn in your first couple of years in the league about? As a starter, what you need in a game week from your backup to help you prepare for what's coming? Yeah, um, you know, uh, maybe this last week, but it's good to have a guy like Nate in the room, a guy that's been in multiple offenses, that's seen defenses for a lot of years and stuff like that. So um, uh, the last preseason game, he did a thing called Nate's Nuggets, and it was just a bunch of like little notes that he did, uh, that he took throughout the week, and he kind of put them on like a little sheet for us, and you know, I was reading it, you know, Friday, or Thursday, Friday night, and Saturday before the game, yeah. so it's good to have a guy to just like remind you of, of little stuff that you might forget, because you're just, you know, overwhelmed by so much other stuff, but uh, and even on Tyson's pick, like, he taught me something that I didn't even know, but flat defenders are on that are taught to try to bump into the slant because they know once they see somebody going to the flat, they know that the slant's coming right behind them, even though they have man. So, um, especially in the zone defense, like cover three or something like that, when the flat's going, the flat defender's taught to kind of bump into the slant, and that's why that you know that pick happened, of course. But um, yeah, that flat's wide open. The flat's wide open, exactly. So if you see that flat defender just get a bunch of depth, just hit the flat, and then you'll take what four or five yards every time. So, um, but that was my first time. You know, ever hearing that, so I, I didn't know that. So it's good having a guy with like with experience like that on, you know, how that happened, why it happened, and you know, he was with the Raiders for a long time, and you know, of course they played the Chiefs every year. So he said that's what the Chiefs are taught to do. So um, it was good, kind of just hearing that, and just just little stuff like that that I can pick up on. And you know, he's always you know, giving his two cents, which I would love to hear. And you know, so, um, but of course, you know, the guys upstairs are gonna choose a backup quarterback who they think is going to put your team in the best position to win if your number one quarterback goes down. So, uh, you know, I can't blame him. I think Tyson ran the spot. Yeah. Um, from day one, he came in, worked hard, and uh, he performed well in the preseason game and practices. So, I'm happy for him, for sure. All right. Regular season's here. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Yeah. No, it was good. Like, and that last block was, was cool because I think with Justin, you can kind of feel him uh, open up and, and, and really dive into some of the football heavy topics at times. And, and that, that description and that admission that there was, you know, this little moment from Tyson Bajan's interception against the bills. That was a teaching experience for him to learn something that he can apply going forward was, it's just pretty cool to hear him detail that and understand how one simple play can be a learning experience um, for just about everybody. Justin also told us at the start of that block that he did what I one day hope I can do, which is delete Twitter and get off there altogether. So, so, Kudos to him for being able to to get away from that uh, from that sewer, as I keep calling it, and uh, well, and not have that be part of his work. Good for you showing restraint, though, because if I was sitting there and he had said that, I might have offered or interrupted and said, you know what? If you ever need your self esteem boosted, he should go on Twitter because he's revered. I, I think that right. when you look at the amount of people who are desperate for Justin Fields to succeed and basically have shown the kind of positive adulation, I think that outweighs some of the negative critics. And I don't know that for a fact, but 
Twitter is where, you know, context goes to die. And I think that's where it's where we all go to die. It's, it's a negative <laughs> environment, but Justin Fields is praised probably as much as any athlete that I can remember in Chicago based on hope as much as production. And I think that it's good that he probably deleted it for to keep focused and it would eventually maybe devolve, but he has been treated, I think, um, by fans, by fan and many, much media, pretty positively. I was uh, a little surprised. They gave him an opportunity to uh, tell tell me where he gets his honest critical assessments of his play. I was hoping he would say the the Monday editions of the Take the North podcast in season when when you and David do your uh, QB rewind segment. That, I thought that was going to be the spot where he went for for the most honest. Uh, legitimate feedback of the way he was playing. I, I think he knows where you stand. I, I think he knows uh, how how you chronicle his misstep, but you also fairly chronicle his successes as well. well. So he also introduced us to Nate's Nuggets, which I think is a little bit of a spinoff of from what uh, a defensive back at Ball State used to do in the days called David's Digest for the yeah. uh, for the Cardinals secondary. You did a lot of yeah. things in that. Yeah, regard. right. David's Digest. I'll have to go see if I can find some old copies of that. Uh, of, the, of the digest, but I, I like the Nate's Nuggets thing, and that's clearly why they brought him back. I don't think that uh, Tyson's tidbits has the same ring to it. So what the, I mean, that's not bad either. They they can you know I mean we can keep expanding. You know, but and- Tyson Tyson Bajan's not going to have many tidbits. Nate is going to have a ton of nuggets. When you're a career backup, you find ways and see things that rookies just aren't going to see or find. Yeah, uh, Foles' philosophy, I think, is what he got <laughs> in his rookie season. Uh, we are running out of alliterative phrases, so we're going to get <laughs> out of here. But just so people know, Dan Weeder sat down with Justin Fields, ChicagoTribune.com, an exclusive one-on-one. Go check it out. The entire transcript will be there on the website. You can hear, obviously, what we talked about and listen to just a snippet of that interview, but good stuff from QB1 and Dan. And guess what? The next time we get together, it will officially be week one. Oh, we're here. Awesome. We made it. We made it. We made it to week one. Packers week is right around the corner. Have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. We will be back talking Packers, talking Bears, Jordan Love, Justin Fields. Can't wait to talk about a game that matters. For Adam Stadzinski, for Dan Weederer, I'm David Haw. Thank you for listening and watching the Take the North podcast. Great talk. See you out there.